up everybody it's Tuesday here aka Jack Hatter and in this episode we're going to be talking about serial killers yeah and and the first one that we're gonna be discussing y'all is Mr. Jeffrey Dahmer his himself himself and we're gonna start off here so Jeffrey Dahmer murdered 17 men between the years of 1978 and 1991. He was careful to select his victims of society who were often borderline criminal, making their disappearances less noticeable and reducing the likelihood of his capture. He lured them to his home with promises of money or sex, then strangled them to death, and and then, this is so gross, he engaged in sex acts with their bodies and kept their body parts and photos as, uh, as souvenirs, such like their skulls or their genitals. Hey, we all... Dahmer's first murder occurred just after graduating high school in June of 1978 when he picked up a hitchhiker named Steve Stephen Hicks. He took him home to, to his parents' house. Dahmer proceeded to get the young man drunk. When, when Hicks tried to leave, Dahmer killed him by striking him in the head and strangling him with a barbell. Dahmer dismembered the corpse of his first victim, packed the body parts in plastic bags, and buried them behind his parents' house. He later exhumed. Okay, I'm not sure if I read that word right. Oh well. He later then. Okay, then removed the remains, crushed the bones with a sledgehammer, and scattered them across a wooden ravine. I'm sorry, y'all. I was having a, a brain fart or something. Okay. It wasn't until September of 1987 that Dahmer took his second victim, Stephen. It, okay, because I don't want to butcher the last name. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Reading, I've struggled with my reading my whole life. So, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. His last name is T-U-O-M-I. Anyway, they checked into a hotel room and drank. And Dahmer eventually awoke to find him dead, his victim dead. With no memory of the previous night's activities, he bought a large suitcase to transport the body to his grandmother's basement, where he dismembered and masturbated on the corpse before disposing of the remains. Only after Dahmer killed another two victims at his grandmother's home did she tire of his of her grandson's late nights and drunkenness, although she had no knowledge of his other activities, and she forced him to move out of the premises in 1988. So that was Mr. Jeffrey Dahmer. 
Oh, but we also have some sexual assault charges of his that we're getting into right now. That September of 1989, Dahmer had an extremely lucky escape, an encounter with a 13-year-old boy resulted in charges of sexual exploitation and second-degree sexual assault. Oh my gosh. Deep breath. (laughs) For Dahmer, he pleaded guilty, claiming that the boy had appeared much older. While awaiting sentencing of his sexual assault case, Dahmer again put his grandmother's basement to a gruesome use in March of 1989. He lured drugged, strangled, photographed, and dismembered and disposed of Anthony Sears, an inspiring model. At his trial for the child molestation in in May of 1989, Dahmer was the model of contribution. Contribution. Oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? arguing in his own defense about how he had seen the error of his ways and that his arrest marked a turning point in his life. His defense agreed that he needed treatment and the judge agreed handling down a one-year prison sentence on day release, allowing Dahmer to work at his job during the day and and return to the prison at night, as well as a five-year probation sentence. Years later, in an interview with CNN, Lionel Dahmer er, stated that he wrote a letter to the court that issued the sentence requesting psychological help before his son's parole. However, Dahmer was granted an early release by the judge after serving only 10 months of his sentence. He briefly lived with his grandmother following his release, during which time he does not appear to have added to his body count before moving back into his own apartment. Over the following two years, Dahmer's victim count accelerated, bringing his total from 4 to 17. He developed rituals as he progressed experimenting with chemicals of disposal. And often consuming the flesh of his victims, Dahmer also attempted crude lobotomies. If I said that wrong, I am so sorry. Drilling into victims' skulls while they were still alive and injecting them with acid. On May 27, 1991, Dahmer's neighbor Sandra Smith called the police to report that an Asian, Asian boy was running naked in the street. When the police arrived, the boy was intoxicated and they accepted the word of Dahmer 
a white man in a largely poor African-American community, that the boy was his 19-year-old lover, in fact, that the boy was 14 years old and a brother of the teen, Latino teen, Latina, I'm sorry. Dahmer had molested three years earlier. The police escorted Dahmer and the boy home, clearly not wishing to become in a homosexual domestic dispute. They took only a coarsely look around before leaving. Once the police left the scene, Dahmer killed the boy and proceeded with his usual rituals. Had they conducted even a basic search, police officers would have found the body of Dahmer's 12th victim, Tony Hudges. Before he was finally arrested, Dahmer killed four more men. Dahmer's killing spree ended when he was arrested on July 22nd in 1991. The body parts found in Dahmer's refrigerator and Polaroid photographs of his victims became associated with his notorious killing spree. Two Milwaukee police officers were led to Dahmer's to Dahmer when they picked up Tracy Edwards, a 32-year-old African-American man who was wandering the street with handcuffs dangling from his wrist. They decided to investigate the man's claims that a weird dude had drugged and restrained him. They arrived at Dahmer's apartment where he calmly, calmly offered to get the keys for the handcuffs. Edwards claimed that the knife Dahmer had threatened him with was in the bedroom. When the officers went in to went in to core the story, he noticed Polaroid photographs of dismembered bodies laying around. Dahmer was taken by the officers. Well, that was Mr. Jeffrey Dahmer for y'all. I'm sorry of the sudden pauses and then like skipping ahead. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I struggled with my reading all through my high school years. When I was very young, I suffered from seizures and it kind of just messed with me. It made things a whole lot harder for me and reading was one of them and I still kind of struggle. I'm sorry for, like, the sudden pauses or something. Now, the next one we're going to be dishing into is Mr. Ted Bundy. Just as soon as I can get his stuff pulled up. was a 1970s serial murderer, rapist, and necrophiliac. He was executed in Florida. 
Florida's electric chair in 1989. His case has since inspired many novels and films about serial killers. Bundy confessed to 36 killings of young women across several states in the 1970s, but experts believe that the final tally may be closer to 100 or more. The exact number of women Bundy killed will never be known. His killings were usually followed a gruesome pattern. He often raped his victims before beating them to death. While there is some debate as to when Bundy started killing most sources say that he began his murders okay y'all I'm using internet stuff and my thing just went away so let me get that pulled back up don't y'all just love the internet it's so great right back just as soon as I get my internet pulled back up hey guys I'm back sorry about the little issue with my internet so while there okay sorry I'm trying to remember where I left off okay while there is some bit debate as to when Bundy started killing most sources say that he began his murderous rampage around 1974 Around this time, many women in the Seattle area and in nearby Oregon went missing. Stories circulated about some of the victims last being seen in the company of a young, dark-haired man known as Ted. He often lured his victims into his car by pretending to be injured and asking them for their help. Their kindness proved to be a fatal mistake. Yeah, no joke. In the fall of 1974, Bundy moved to Utah to attend law school. Law school. And women began disappearing there as well. Gee, I wonder why. The following year, he was pulled over by the police and a search of his vehicle uncovered a vast bundle of robbery tools, a crowbar, a face mask, rope, and handcuffs. He was arrested for possession of these tools and the police began to link him to, to much more sinister crimes. In 1975, Bundy was arrested in the kidnapping of Carol. I don't want to mess up her last name, so I'm just going to spell it out for y'all like I did with one of the guys for Jeffrey Dahmer. It is D-A-R-O-N-C-H. One of the few women to escape his clutch. He was convicted and received a 1 to 15 year jail sentence. Hmm. 
He later escaped from prison twice in 1977. The first time he was indicated on murder charges in the deaths of young of a young Colorado woman and decided to act as his own lawyer in the case. During a trip to the courthouse library, he jumped out of the window and made his first escape. He was captured eight days later. In December, Bundy escaped from custody again. He climbed out of a hole he made in the ceiling of his cell, having dropped more than 30 pounds to fit through the small opening. Authorities did not discover that Bundy was missing for 15 hours, giving the serial killer a big head start on the police. After Bundy's second escape from prison, he eventually made his way to Tallahassee, Florida. On the night of January 14, 1978, Bundy broke into the Chi Omega sorority house at Florida State University. He attacked four of the young female residents, killing two of them on February 9th. Bundy kidnapped and murdered a 12-year-old girl named Kimberly Leach. These crimes marked the end of his murderous rampage as he was soon pulled over by the police that February. The most damning evidence connecting Bundy to the two Chi Omega murders at FSU were bite marks on one of the bodies, which were a detect I a match to Bundy. Sorry. So I just wonder, like, when it comes to these murders, murderers and stuff like that, especially, like, people like Ted Bundy, I just wonder what sparks them, like, it has to be something in their childhood that makes them grow up wanting to murder. Like, it just can't be like, hey, I'm gonna murder somebody and see if I like it, you know? There has to be something mentally going on. And... Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer aren't going to be the only two I'm very tired. That's why I'm stuttering. But they aren't going to be the only two serial killers I talk about on this podcast. But they are for now. So, catch y'all next time. Bye!